Hello, this is James Watson, and welcome to another edition of what is now known as Cybersecurity Chronicles. I'm joined by Stanley Lee and Sean Mahoney from NetSwitch. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, James. Hey, James. So, gentlemen, so we've got a theme for our Cybersecurity Chronicles episode today. Uh, Stanley, do you want to explain what it is and why we've picked this subject? Yeah, we, we, we started with the book that we've written um, by our former colleague written few years now and but of course you know who has time to read the books nowadays especially it's more in the technical side and that's part of the reason why we want to break it into smaller bite sizes with this type of podcast and actually make it alive talk about it so we make it easier for people to who who nowadays who has time to read all those books and then at least that they can get this from the podcast with the smaller bite size and create a discussions around themselves so i think that's the important part that we need to continue to talk about all these cybersecurity issues and how to manage it and tips that we can offer to help them to manage cybersecurity. And, you know, the funny thing lately, I just heard another case just a couple of days ago, somebody, one of our um, client called us and, and it was their friend that got hacked. And so we rush out and start our instant response management. Uh, process and then you know talking to that owner and they thought that you know in putting a, putting a firewall installing a firewall it's all they needed to do in cybersecurity and Sean I'm sure that you you have heard and experienced that in real time for yourself back then when you were managing a different type of company that um, you know of course that you were our client as well so that has been a conversation for many, many times. That has been a conversation for many, many times because of how most of the business folks that who do not come from the IT background would misunderstood what they're using as the entire cybersecurity strategy um, or what they have already installed and misunderstanding that part. And another interesting part, is my question came up is, with all those small business being hacked or paying those ransomware, and if they have the money to pay for the ransomware, why couldn't they be proactive and plan the cybersecurity and manage it accordingly, rather than just in the last minute scrambling and trying to find several hundred thousands of dollars and pay and try to even learn the process of buying Bitcoin to pay those hackers. Right. I, that part I just don't get. I don't understand. So maybe you can help me with that. Well, well Sean, <laughs> Sean, do you want to explain the, the context of why this topic came up, right? Because we, we, we saw the article on Tech Republic that was published in June for a small business that paid $150,000 ransom. Uh, it was a small manufacturing company in Kentucky. It only had eight computers, I believe. So right. not, right. a, not a typical victim people would think for cybersecurity and for ran and for ransomware um would you want to talk about this article and why why we picked it as a, as a as a topic to discuss yeah because our clients the people that we typically work with are going to be the small to mid-sized businesses and they tend to have that well i'm too small for, to be of any interest to a hack because they see the stories. They see Marriott getting hacked. They see Equifax getting hacked. Those are big companies. They have a lot of data, a lot of 
valuable data that uh, hackers would want. So why am I've got eight employees? Why am I going to be a target of a hack? As I said, you know, on our last podcast, do you have cash? You're a target. Uh, they need to pay the bill somehow, and and if you have money, they're going to take it from you. So yeah, this is why we when we, when we saw this article and uh, and read it, there were a few things that sort of jumped out from the way that NetSwitch approaches um, the before this happens a conversation with with our customers is being prepared and uh, an ounce of prevention is a lot less expensive than a pound of cure. So uh, it's about being prepared if this sort of thing happens that you have the proper things in place to prevent it from happening as much as possible. But things always happen. Accidents happen. And uh, if it does, how not to have to reach into your pocket to pull out $150,000, $200,000 of cash uh, that you don't necessarily have, even if it's covered by cyber insurance. You know, it's not something you want to deal with because your insurance premiums will certainly rise. Um, and, and you're just, you're giving the, uh, the attackers a reason to come back and potentially do it again. Anyway. Yeah, it's the prevention to recovery process that we right. talked about for years that I had this, you know, basically concept year for years, over a decade ago that it came out. And it is, like you said, we need to look at it from preventive measures all the way to recovery process. And especially nowadays, there are so many tools out there being open source tools out there that even government uses. I don't, it's just more of a process and strategy that needs a little bit patient to manage that process rather than just fixing it by hodgepodge and put a patch here, put a patch there to fix this problem. So, I, mean, I mean, what struck me reading this article was how passive they were almost encouraging the, the, the tone of the, of the article is that there's not much you can do. If you get hit with ransomware, you need to have insurance and then you need to be able to call someone like a Mr. Fixit who can get you a lot of Bitcoin very quickly to go and send to, this, uh, to the group that is, yeah. uh, that has attacked you. There was no mention of how you can prevent this happening and also how you can back up and restore your system very quickly, very successfully, without having to pay a ransom at all. Well, that's an interesting point as well, James, because that um, Lockheed Martin came up with the whole process of cyber kill chain decades ago. And if you're in the business of cybersecurity, then you should know what to do. But you are right. A lot of time that those IT companies, so-called IT company, they saw how lucrative that the cybersecurity can be and then flat out just lying to the customers, say, oh, we're going to install the firewall for you and your cybersecurity is already taken care of. Yes, that might be a controversial statement, but at the same time that we run into a lot of company and then that's what the owner telling us, well, the last guy told us, you know, that's all we need. And yeah, that is just one part of the equation. And we understand the triage process. It takes technology, people, and process. So a lot of IT company that they rush out and putting at a firewall, make that money out of the technology portion of it. And then they ignore the process. They ignore 
helping the client to take care of it, you know, from the people's perspective. So that's why they they left that false sense of security for a lot of business owner. And when that something bad happens, such as in this case, then it becomes, okay, let's find who has the Bitcoin, go buy our data back. And, and you know, as I referenced earlier, as a hodgepodge scenario, they don't manage the whole process. They only manage pieces and bits of it. And that's what why they become a such a big target for the hackers because they know that they don't do the whole process of how to manage the cyber the cyber kill chain and they just only putting a patches here and there to you know basically to, to give the false sense of positive to a lot of business owners so so sean i mean the article doesn't even mention the fact that you could pay the ransomware yeah in a, in a yeah. significant percentage of times you pay the ransomware and you don't even get your data back that's a, well that's true but like you were saying it was it didn't address the things they could have done differently and what their actions uh, do. It kind of glossed over some of the ramifications. You know, so the company, the company gets ransomed for eight computers. They pay the ransom. They go to the cyber insurance company. They pay the ransom. They've probably lost a day of production. Uh, they've lost uh, potentially reputation amongst their employees. They've, potentially lost reputation amongst their customers. They've now uh, allowed data to who they work with, customers and vendors, and exposed their information to expose those companies uh, through phishing attacks. And, you know, it didn't, as you said, it didn't even address some of the things they could have done ahead of time. $150,000 pays for a lot of cybersecurity uh, services for a small company of eight employees, the kind that they needed. Now, they're probably not in a regulated industry, so they, they're not necessarily facing any fines. They may face some state fines for a data breach, uh, but there's no regulatory agency for fines. But still, that's, that's a lot of money to pay out and to deal with. And, and just the fact that they were so like, well, we just called the, cyber, the insurance company and they paid the ransom of $150,000. It's almost like it was a parking fine, right? Yeah. 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 You know, I, I just drove off the lot with my new Ferrari and wrecked it, and I just called the insurance company, and they're going to pay to repair it because it was a new car. And, of course, these, these attackers could come back any time. There was no mention of what happens if they come knocking again. Yeah. And, and, you know, depending upon how they got the data back, did they check the data? Did they verify that it was still accurate? Did they verify that the hackers didn't take it all and copy it, which they probably did? Um, and you know, the, even the cost of, of the services they had to go get someone to do this for them to fix it. Um, yeah. And so the back door probably was left open if not for the attackers, but for somebody else, some other hacker that they'll share it on the dark web, how to do it. So Stanley, do you, is this attitude prevalent in your experience amongst business owners, IT leaders in, in small and mid-sized businesses specifically, obviously enterprises are, are slightly different, but small businesses, they typically, they just don't want to know about this. Is that right? Head in the sand? Yeah, well, what, I refer, what I refer and talked about before is the vicious cycle of self-destruction in a sense because it is actually coming from both ends and is pretty prevalent in the SMB environment because one, 
that they obviously have to trust those IT company to do what is the best interest for their own company, right? But and then sometimes that that trust got broken, and then who is going to be who can they trust? And that's the big important part. So ending up that the business those, those small business owner who doesn't understand IT that they they kind of felt helpless in a way that they felt that you know okay I keep on spending money in IT. But it always they keep coming back asking for more. It, it seems like it's a never-ending cycle, and that that feeling, of course, we understand. I'm a business owner myself, and I feel the same way from time to time. But at the same time, it's just like what Sean talked about. You know, what is more important? Is it prevention being more important, or is it, you know just wait until something like that to happen, then you deal with it. And if you prioritize, and it, there's no right or wrong in either case, it's just that a lot of business owners, because of the vicious cycle of self-destruction type of mentality, that led them to believe that I should wait. And that because I don't have any other option. I don't want to you know, continue to spend all this endless dollars amount of money to fix here, fix there. So ending up that they got a bad taste in their mouth and they just rather wait until something happened and deal with it at that point. However, as we already saw a lot of statistics saying that the business might not able to recover after a hack. And most of them, 80%, I think was a pretty high number in the small business um, owners that they have to close up their company because they have no data to work with and their customers you know, cannot tolerate that kind of customer service. So ending up their client is going to start leaving too. So what is the most expensive part is the reputational cost that out of that it will cost them their business. And, you know, unfortunately that there is that vicious cycle in the equation somewhere needs to be fixed. So Sean, if I was a small business owner, if I'm a small business owner listening to this, what should I do? Should I ask my IT guy, assuming I've got an IT guy either internally or an external MSP provider that's providing IT and support to my company, should I go to them and ask them for advice what to do? Or should I try and seek out somebody who's an expert in cybersecurity, especially and help small businesses with their, with their cybersecurity? What would you recommend? Both. Have, have a meaningful conversation with your IT guys and to understand the things that they're dealing with and then help them find a solution. It's, you know, I know how to do some plumbing work, but if I got a big project, I got to go get a plumber. Um, there are things that IT people understand about security. There are things within a network and security settings, but it's a, different set of knowledge and a different set of tools required to do cybersecurity, to do true preventive cybersecurity, to, to insulate your business than just the network security appliances that they, the IT guys typically work with. So it's, it is, yes, it's talk to both your IT department or your IT provider, your managed service provider, but then also, Talk to somebody that specializes in cybersecurity. Uh, have a conversation. And it is, a, it is trying to ensure that the two work together. They're not adversaries. They work uh, together to achieve your security. 
good and stanley any any other final thoughts that you wanted to share on this topic yeah i think that you know, for the business owners that they need to start looking into prevention to recovery as a strategy and there are lots of article and different things to teach you or at least to you know provide you with that educational background so when you talk to your IT team and vendors out there you know don't feel that there is no options or uh, they don't feel that they're it's confusing actually there's a lot of material that it just takes a little bit time and patience to learn through that process and now is a good time to start because most of the people working at home and they should have more time and we encourage people to talk to us as well as part of the educational process and that's all why we're here excellent well, thank you, Stanley. Thank you, Sean. There's been another Thanks, episode. Of, <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you. It's been another episode of Cybersecurity Chronicles. And we'll speak with you uh, again next time. Great. Thanks.